Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. Father, we would we be found screaming from the mountains, telling to the masses that you are our God, that you are our creator, the giver of life, the giver of hope, giver of life eternal, the giver example of love. Father, would we tell this our words, through our actions, through our very lives, would they be a witness to who you are, to what you have done? Would the finished work of Jesus be seen in us as we broadcast that to the world around us, to our neighborhoods, to our homes, to our schoolrooms, to our workplaces? Would the world know by looking at us that you are our God? And now, God, would you speak to us as we turn to the pages of Scripture today, as we continue this conversation about the church, about what you have left for us to do life together? Would you... Would you speak to us, bring these words alive to our hearts, and teach us today, teach us how to love better. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Hey, great to see you this morning. Uh, Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for tuning in online, making this a part of your weekend. Uh, We're thrilled to be able to share this time together. I want to mention to you a couple things coming up here the next couple of weeks um, that you want to know about as we are continuing our kind of year-long celebration of the 25th anniversary of Faith Christian Church. We've got two more events planned to to celebrate that. Uh, The next one happens next Sunday evening. That is our Flannel by the Fire event. This is kind of a fall festival. Bonfire, wear your flannel shirts. Uh, We're going to have a wonderful time, lots of activities for especially the younger people uh, in the room and and, and, uh, among our midst. So if you want to bring your, be sure you bring your kids and your grandkids with you next Sunday night for Flannel by the Fire. A lot of great things planned. Uh, We do need some help to pull that off, and so if you could volunteer to help man some of these stations that we'll be having, there's a sign-up list on the table right outside of the office doors today. You can hit that before you leave. I failed to mention last week, and somebody said I did this on purpose because I'm because I'm trying to stack the deck again. We'll see about that. But as part of the, fall, uh, the flannel by the fire next week, we are going to be having a chili cook-off. Some of you have been around. You know how um, competitive we get around with the chili cook-off. So I'll just I'll tell you again, bring your A-game, because I've already got mine, all right? Um, there's a prize this year. They, they, they found a, a, a it looked like a Super Bowl ring that you can wear. You'll see it out there. Um, it's already in my size. Don't worry about it. But you go ahead and try anyway. Bring your chili next week, uh, next Sunday night for the flannel by the fire and the chili cook-off, and we'll have a great time uh, continuing our celebration for 25 years. And then be sure you marked on your calendar for a few weeks after that on November the 11th, Sunday, November the 11th. Uh, let's try that again. November's the 11th month, 11-13. November 13th, uh, we'll be uh, wrapping up our celebration with a big event that will happen during our service uh, that Sunday morning, and we'll talk more about that, more specifics about that beginning next week. So you want to just mark that on your calendar. Be sure you're here uh, for that the final celebration of the 25th year, and we begin looking forward to what, what the next 25 years looks like for Faith Christian Church, and we'll have that conversation on November the 13th, and can't wait to celebrate uh, with you on that day. Uh, as a part of this, this fall, we've been in this teaching series that we're calling Rugged and Raw. 
And what we're doing in this teaching series is we're looking at the church, the, the, the church as we read about it in the book of Acts, because it was kind of rugged, it was kind of raw, they didn't quite know what they were doing. Looking at this church as we started 25 years ago, because it was kind of rugged and kind of raw, and we were kind of making it up as we go, and some days we feel like we're still making it up as we go, and that's okay, because we're following Jesus to see where he wants us to go. And as we are learning about the church and what the church is and what the church can be, what the church should be, what maybe what the church has missed a few times, we've looked at history, we've looked at church history, we've looked at the, some of the history of this church. Last week, if you were with us or if you tuned into the podcast or watched online, you know that we talked about the importance of connecting with people. Because that's what the church is. The church is not a building. The church is not a service. The church is people. And it's important for us, if we're going to be witnesses, as Jesus commands us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we're going to be his witnesses to the world. We have to connect with people around us, people that we live in our neighborhoods, and the people that we work with, the people we go to school with. And there's something important about connecting with people. Today, I want to continue that theme of relationships and people. Because again, the church is not the building. The church is not the service. Yes, we meet in a building. Yes, we participate in a service. But the church is a gathering of people who are following Jesus, a movement of Jesus' people. And I want to talk about relationships today. Specifically today, I want to talk about the relationships that happen within the church family, within the, the life that we do together as we follow Jesus together. Now, most of you know my story. Most of you know that I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. That meant that we were at church all the time. All the time we were at church. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, a couple times on Thursdays, revivals, you name it, time to clean the church. Yeah, we're the ones, we were there. We were at the church building all the time. I'm a pastor. This is my chosen career, is to continue, kind of in my dad's footsteps. My entire life has been spent in and around churches. And fortunately for me and my family, the last 17 plus years, that has meant we've been a part of this church family that meets here on Pleasant Valley Road, the Faith Christian Church family. And as I look back over my lifetime, and I've done that a little bit this last year, I may have turned 50 this year, I've done a little retrospective of my life. I've noticed, I paid attention to, and I understand that the people in my life that have had the greatest impact, that the men and the women the friends, the mentors who have had the most influence on me, that have been the most important in my life, the people that I have learned the most from, I would say 95% of those people are people I knew because of church, because of growing up in the church, because of being around the church and the church people. When we started talking about the 25th anniversary of this church back um, over a year ago now, we started telling the stories of the first early days of Faith Christian Church. There were two themes, two threads that kept coming up over and over and over again in nearly every conversation we had about the, the beginning, the early days of this church. The first of those conversations was the ruggedness of it all, of the beginning of the church. Limited resources, limited knowledge, and everyone, everyone just kind of pushed their sleeves up and pitched in and made it happen. By the way, 25 years later, our resources aren't quite as limited, but they're not infinite. And we're still learning as we go, but we still need every single person who's a part of Faith Christian to push their sleeves up and to dig in and to make it happen. 
to partner with us to make this community that we live in a better place to help people find and follow Jesus. It takes all of us, not just the people that stand on the platform. It takes all of us. The second thing, you've already guessed it, that showed up in every conversation about the beginning of this church was the people. What's the people? That's why there's pictures on the wall out in the atrium you can look at of the years past of the people, some gone, some still around. The people, the relationships of the church, yeah, sometimes we let each other down. And no, we're, we're not perfect. But the reason that this church is, and the reason that this church continues to be, is because we understood from day one that church is not a building. It's not a service. That church is a gathering. It is a movement of people who are following Jesus together. And we do that by having relationships with one another and nurturing and building those relationships with each other. And those relationships, some of which have been a part of your life, been a part of my life for five or 10 or 15 or 25 years, have made a significant difference in our lives and in the life of this church, and I think in the life of Tuscarawas County. You already know the power of relationships. You know it because, because we, you taught it to your kids and we continue to teach it to our kids how important the relationships in our life are. Some of you moved school districts to get your children away from certain friends because you know the power of relationships. I know people who have homeschooled their children just to get their children away from certain relationships. Some of you have moved states away to get away from your mother-in-law. I mean, certain friends, a little typo there. Yeah, you've moved states away. Uh, this last week, we, we lost the great actress, Angela Lansbury. One of the stories I heard about her this week and reading some tributes to her, did you know this? This is fascinating to me. When her daughter, one of her daughters, was um, a young adult late teens, early 20s. She's, Angela Lansbury got very nervous because this daughter seemed to be hanging around this Hollywood deadbeat all the time. This guy was around all the time and he was kind of getting the daughter to steal money and food from Angela Lansbury's family to, for him. And, and she was very uncomfortable with what was going on. So she literally packed up her family and moved to Ireland to get away from this Hollywood deadbeat. By the way, his name was Charles Manson. True story. We know the power of relationships for our kids. So why adults, why grown-ups, why do we think that stops for us? Because we do not grow it. We don't mature beyond it. The truth is there is tremendous power in our relationships. If I were to ask you to think about a time that you made a mistake, a season of your life that is filled with regrets and guilt and shame, more often or not, one of the key factors to that season of your life would be the relationships that you were around. I never should have said yes to that person. I wish I'd never responded to that text. I wish I never would have gotten into the car with those friends. We know what it's like to go down that path. We, we tell our kids to watch out for it. The same is true for us. And the converse of that is true as well. When you get around the right people, it has the ability to take your life in the right direction for something that can be amazing. That's why when Jesus left the earth, he left us with two things. And one of the things that he left for us to be able to wade through the waters of life, to be able to handle the ups and downs of living this life, one of the things that Jesus left for us to accomplish that was relationships, specifically the church. 
And that's why we talk about intentionally building Christ-centered relationships. That you've got to do this on purpose in your life. God wants to use, and here's the, kind of the word I'm going to use today, providential relationships to make your life better. And what this means is that God uses people in your life and in my life to help us grow in our faith, to help us navigate life, to bring healing to our life. God uses providential relationships to do that. Let me explain what this means. Let's, let me talk about these two words. I'll start with the second one. Relationships. You know this word. There is something about when, when two people's paths cross, that there is now the ability to make both of those lives either better or worse. In fact, some of you are here today because of a relationship. Someone invited you to be here. It may have been this week, it may have been 25 years ago, but someone invited you to be a part of this. Some of you are where you are today or, or you're married to the person that you are married to today because of a relationship. Someone introduced you to the person that became your spouse. This is why we tell our kids, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Because we know the value of having the right people around us. But it's not just accidental relationships. It's not just random relationships. It's providential. That's a God word. The word providential comes into play. It means that God is moving the chess pieces of your life and in my life to put somebody in your path that can have an impact on your life. It's not always dramatic. They don't necessarily walk into the room and a, you know, a ray of light shines from heaven and there's trumpets blaring. This is the person that's going to change your life. That's not usually. But somehow God uses people in such a way. You know what I'm talking about. You've had those moments. You have those relationships. When I hear stories about people coming to Christ, coming to know Jesus, to find and begin following Jesus, people coming to church, becoming a part of the church, it always, it always involves a story of somebody in their life. And the story often goes, you know, I, I was drifting. I was far from God. I, I didn't believe. But, but then this family moved in next door. And I just started watching the way they lived. And I started listening to the things that they said, and their life was different than mine, and I wanted my life to be like that. So they invited me to Christmas Eve service, and they asked me to join them on a Sunday morning, and, and, and I did, and it changed everything. Or I was playing ball, and, and, and I had this coach who was really kind to me, and I noticed that this, this guy was not just teaching baseball, he was teaching values. That not only worked on the field, but they, those values also worked in life. And I saw the way that he managed his household and his life. And I thought, I, I want to be somebody like that. Come to find out, it was because he followed Jesus. And that's why I'm here today. Maybe for you, it's, I used to work with this guy. And, and the way he had integrity and the way he did his business deals were unlike anybody else that I had ever known. And I thought, that's the kind of business person I want to be. Come to find out it's because he was a Christ follower. And I said, I don't want to be like that. And as a result, these providential relationships that God puts in our life become the catalyst to grow our faith. Th think about it in your own life for a minute. You look around. You begin to realize that you are who you are because of somebody else. Whether that's good or, or bad. But you are who you are because of somebody else. 
Well, this is a principle that Scripture teaches us over and over again. And whether you've read the Bible before or not, and uh, there's a couple of verses that I want to share with you today that really kind of highlight this principle. And I hope that these verses become, this principle becomes not just a... not just real to you today i hope they become memorable to you today to see the value of putting the right kind of relationships in your life around you to help you grow your faith here's the first verse proverbs 13 20 says this walk with the wise and become wise associate with fools and get into trouble we teach this to our kids right i grew up in arkansas the arkansas translation of this verse by the way is uh, you run with the dogs you're gonna get fleas Right? That's, that's kind of how we can remember this verse. Uh, you walk with the wise, you become wise. Well, I've done this before, but let's do this. Get your hands out. Everybody get your hands out with me today. I just want you to take your hands, put them together, and I just want you to rub your hands together. All right, you feel that heat beginning to build up in your hands between, between your two hands? It's a little chilly in here. Maybe that feels good right now, all right? So you, you feel that heat. That's what this verse is talking about. Just keep doing that for a second. That's what this verse is talking about. Someone is rubbing off on you all the time. Whoever you're with, they're rubbing off on you, making you better, making you worse. The question is, are they wise or are they foolish? Because the truth is, whoever you are associated with right now, you will look more like them in a year than you do right now. So is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? Providential relationships mean that you recognize that I want to be around wise people so I will make wise decisions. Because if I stay with fools, right, it's going to rub off on me. And it will not take me where I want to go. Now, I know your pushback. Wait, 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 wait. But aren't, aren't we supposed to love everybody? Absolutely. Yes, we are supposed to love everybody, but you don't have to learn from everybody. And you have to pick the people that you want to be around, the people that will rub off on you. Walk with the wise. Here, here's another verse that's been so powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says, Do not, mis- do not mislead bad company. Do not, it should be, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company, here, it's the same principle. If you associate with people that you learn from, it's going to rub off on you, right? So the converse of this is true. If you put the right company around you, it creates good character, which is what we all want for, for everybody else in our lives. Maybe we should want that for ourselves. And the way that we get there is not self-help books. It's not TikTok. It's not willpower. The way we get there is providential relationships. Now, I know. Every time we talk about this or something like this, there's this voice inside of you saying, okay, that sounds great, that sounds important, but where do I find those relationships? Because none of those people are living in my house. None of those people work where I do. I don't go to school with anybody like that. How do I do that? How do I get these providential relationships in my life? that will help me grow my faith, bring healing into my life, help me navigate the tricky waters of life. How do I get that? Let me ask you a couple of questions, and I think that'll help us find our answer. The first question is this. Is there anyone in my life who is closer to God than me? Just ask yourself that question. Is there anybody in my life, that's a regular part of my life, anybody in my life that is closer to God than me? Because if you have no one in your life that's pushing you farther in your walk with God, pushing you in your faith, pushing you as you follow Jesus, your faith will begin to stop growing. 
You need to get around some other people because when you walk with the wise, you become wise. You need to be around other people who will push and stretch your faith, and you can't do it on your own, just reading books and, and hoping things will get better. This is why around here you'll hear us say all the time, we want you to, to, in, to build intentional Christ-centered relationships. We want you to invest in relationships with people around here because you need people around you who will push you to grow your faith, to stretch your faith. People you can follow. The wise. Get wiser around the wise. Here's the second question I want you to ask. Ask yourself this. Is there someone that God wants me to lead? Is there someone that God wants, wants to use me to lead this person to bring them along? This is a two-way street. Not only do we find somebody who's growing us and stretching us, we become that for somebody else. It's a two-way street. If all you do is go from church to church and from group to group looking for your needs to be met and you stop meeting other people's needs, you stop serving other people, it becomes all about you. And all you will become is selfish. Let me ask, you, ask yourself this question. Whose story do I need to hear? Is there anyone that God wants me to listen to? Chances are they don't look like you or think like you, or vote like you. But is there anyone that God wants me to listen to? We live in a loud world. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. But community, relationship, begins with empathy. Empathy begins by listening. Ask yourself this question. Who needs to hear my story? It's, uh, Rusty George wrote a book called Better Together He says in this book In order for others to run with us They need to know which leg is bothering us They need to know the pain that we feel And we need to know theirs So who needs, not only whose story do I need to hear But who needs to hear my story Sometimes we think that God only uses uh, the, the perfect people in the world He only uses the spiritually elite people The, the professional Christians But that's not God's track record God has always, you can go all the way back to the beginning of Scripture and read God's story, God has always used spiritually busted, broken, messed up, jacked up people just like you and me. Who better to sit down and help someone struggling with addiction than someone who has recovered from a chemical addiction? Someone who has experienced the healing power of God in their life. Who better to help someone who's struggling with an eating disorder? Than someone who's been there before who better to help someone navigate the waters of, of the pain of abuse or divorce or bankruptcy or chemotherapy than somebody who's been there before who needs to hear your story now let me clarify that this is important you and i can only be care givers we can't be cure givers we can't save anybody we can't fix anybody we can't change anybody and we shouldn't look for another imperfect human being to be our savior but you and i can care enough about people that we point to the only one who can cure them and in the process we can help them carry their burdens to jesus we were made for this we were made to carry each other's burdens and sometimes we need help Sometimes we get to offer help, but we're in this thing together. Paul writes in Ephesians that we are to share each other's burdens, and in this way, as we share each other's burdens, in this way, we obey the law of Christ. 
we all need someone from time to time to come alongside of us in our lives and say, let me get this for you. Let me take some of that grief that's going on in your life. I'd love to take a piece of that depression. Let me walk with you. You don't have to do this alone. Let me watch your kids for you. Let me bring you guys to dinner. Whatever it takes to help you through this season, whatever it takes, I want to help you carry this thing. We had some friends of ours whose son was injured in a football game earlier this season, pretty severe injury, spent a couple nights in the hospital, had to have a surgery. And the week after, we, my wife and I finally had a chance to take dinner over to the family and visit with them for a little bit, took them dinner. And as we're just talking, he, the dad's telling us the story of what happened and all the things that had gone on. He said, you know what, the first night we were home from the hospital, he said the name of a friend of ours who happens to go to this church. She showed up with a meal. She didn't even ask. I, I bothered to ask if we could bring him a meal. She just showed up. Somebody goes to this church, that's carrying each other's burdens. That's what this is all about. Here's what I think all of us have a tendency to do. We, we tend to divide people into, into one of two categories. We, th we, think that, that we, we tend to think that people are either the people who need help or the people who can offer help. <laughs> Truth is, I don't know about you, I'm both. Aren't you? And we have to humbly acknowledge that there are some times where we say, you know what, I could, I could use a hand here. And there are other times when we know that God is asking us to come alongside someone else and say, come on. You're the strong one. Now go over and pick up their struggle. Help them carry their burden to Jesus. And when God does something in our life, that there's never, there, there's never any strings attached because he just loves us, but there's always a so that attached. Watch this, 2 Corinthians 1. He, Jesus, comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Isn't it gratifying to know that you were the right person at the right time, at the right place to help somebody else carry their struggles? You ever just step back from a situation and go, huh, I was supposed to be there today. And I was there. I was supposed to be there to help, help pick up that person's burden, help them carry that today. I was supposed to be on that flight today. I was supposed to be in that checkout line today. You ever had one of those moments when you just knew that you were there for a reason? You never know how God might use you. You never know when God has someone just waiting for you to come along and say, let me pick that up for you. Let me help you carry that burden. There's, there's been a mountain of research that's been done over the last decade or so on the value of togetherness, of just people being together, and especially through COVID and weren't together, there's been even more research done. And what the researchers have found is that we really are better together. The value of connectedness, of togetherness, has been psychologically and physically proven over and over and over again. One of the tests I heard about involved a chimpanzee. What they did was they put this monkey in a cage and they put all kinds of high stress situations around this monkey. Swirling objects, bright lights, strobe lights, loud noises, Kanye West music, all kinds of stuff. Just to, just to kind of mess with this monkey's mind. And they measured his stress hormones through this test. 
And, and as you would imagine, the stress hormones and factors in this monkey's body were through the roof, through all these distractions. Then they did another test. They, they did nothing to change the environment. Same bells and whistles and flashing lights and music and loud noises, same stressors, but they put another monkey in the cage with the monkey. Guess what happened? The stress levels were cut in half. Just because, just because there was a buddy in there with him. I don't know. Maybe the lesson for us is we need to get more monkeys in the cage with us. <laughs> all the psychological, all the physiological evidence shows that our brains chemically respond when we have support from each other, and they negatively respond when we don't have, some, don't have support from other people. That's why the Bible says over and over and over and over again, we are one another people. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Spur one another on. Encourage one another. Carry each other's burdens. There are 57 one another phrases in the New Testament alone. 57 times the New Testament tells us to care for one another. God made us this way. We are one another beings. In on the continent of Africa, in African culture, specifically in the Zulu language, uh, there's a phrase called Ubuntu. Ubuntu, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, Ubuntu, which simply means it's a kind of a philosophy in the African cultures. It simply means a person is a person through other persons. Ubuntu. In English, we'd say it like this, we are created for relationships. We need each other. It's not healthy to live in isolation. In the gardening world, you plant seeds and the roots of the plants intertwine and the plants gain strength from each other, from other root systems, so that when the plant emerges above the ground, it can weather the storms that come because the roots are tied together. The question for us is, who are you locking arms with spiritually? Who is in your life giving you strength? Who are you providing strength to in return? Because what you want to do is to put yourself in an environment where you can not only lead, but where you can be led. Where you can not only find healing, but where you can lead someone else towards healing. Where you can not only be heard, but where you can hear. Where you can not only carry someone else's burdens, but someone can help you carry yours. And when that happens, Let me pray for you. God, I thank you so much for the people that you have put in my life. <laughs> Some of those people are sitting in this room right now. Some of those people are watching this broadcast right now. Thank you for the men, the women, older, younger than me, who have poured their life into me, who have led me and given me the privilege to lead them. Thank you for those relationships, those providential relationships, those moments when I, I couldn't go another step on my own, that someone came alongside me and said, here, let me help you carry that burden. And Father, I pray you'd give me moments to do the same for someone else. Thank you for the relationships that are represented in this church here on Pleasant Valley Road, for the relationships that have brought us through 25 years and will lead us and take us into the next 25 and beyond. 